0: This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the From the Back Tees podcast. A podcast from the back tees. I'm your half-host, Jerry Lou, and with me, as always, is our founder and other
1: half-host, Zachary Pencer. ZP, how you doing today, buddy? I'm doing pretty good. How about you? I'm all
0: right. Don't nobody worry about me. We had a tremendous U.S. Open. It's been a great month, week, year in golf so far. Zach, what do you want to talk about today first?
1: So I guess we'll get right into it, or should we tease our next week's episode?
0: Well, we, you know what, are the podcast experts. expert. So now, well, yeah, I'm, I'm, I may be, no, I'm a podcast listening expert. In terms of production and engineering, I uh, feel like we get better every week and every day. And ultimately, I, uh, I'm embarrassed at how I can't keep teasers down. You know, I get, I get so excited. I mean, things happen where I just, I, I, I am. Uh, that's why you're the better journalist out of the two of us. I, I I don't know how to construct the story properly. I just want to pepper people with, like, news bombs. I mean...
1: Okay, so I will give the teaser. We're going to be bringing on next week what I would consider, and I think you also consider, to be the biggest, or maybe the second most famous caddy in the game behind Tiger's caddy, especially in the Twitter world. Kip Henley.
0: Kip Henley, I uh, Zach, how in the hell did you get in touch with Kip Henley? Because he and I have talked back and forth on Twitter a lot, as he probably has to many people. And if anybody isn't hip to Kip Henley, no pun intended, he is a PJ Tour caddy for Austin Cook. Uh, he was a PJ Tour caddy for Brian Gay for several years. And, um, well, in terms of social media and or the traction of what a uh, PJ Tour jock Withholds, he is probably your your run of the mill perfect candidate in terms of he's on the front lines of uh, opinions and social media and well getting blisters on your feet. So
1: I would how go. Did you
0: get, how, how did how did
1: you and Kip start talking, Zach? So, so as the wise words of someone probably uh, said, who didn't like Peter Kessler. Peter Kessler brings <laughs> everyone together. So we saw <laughs> oh, Tucker Booth, no. our guy's article on PK. He wasn't following me, Kip. He wasn't following Tucker. Somehow it got to him, and he quote-tweeted it, basically saying that he, too, once mentioned that Peter Kessler was one of the smartest guys in golf, and that a week later, he was blocked.
0: Good! Great! You know what? I still advocate that I am the last person on Earth to say, like, why are we still talking about Peter Kessler? Why? No. Why? No. I'm... I'm ringing my I'm ringing Tucker listen to this if you listen to this podcast my my tear rag from all my tears I'm ringing it wet because I I'm, I'm not not that I'm being scintillated too much it's just it's the whole Peter Kessler thing we knew Peter Kessler would be like a dickhead like this and and when you told me well I'm sorry we're gonna rehash old stories or whatever I'm happy that the uh, story dropped uh, I, I, it dropped uh, today, right? Or yesterday? Yeah, today. We're recording on... Um,
2: oh, well, on well technically Saturday yesterday. We're recording, we're recording on Friday.
0: Friday. No, this is... Oh, this is oh, Friday. Time zone Yes, yes. I, uh, I had a wicked week of uh, working four days in a row of 54 holes straight, and then on the solstice, I caddied 72 holes in one day. So when I caddied today for 18 holes it felt like a goddamn vacation yeah it was it was monumentally delicious so i missed out a lot of sorry tucker if i missed you on the our twitter uh group chat or whatever he's got a lot of he's got a lot of great takes going on right now and i i i missed a lot of them i hate to say it it's just
1: uh before we move on from kip Kip, though i just just want your opinion opinion on this i feel feel like... like He might be the greatest fit for a person coming on the pod. Like, obviously, like, you get, like, Tiger, one of those guys on. It's so cool. But they probably wouldn't, like, mesh so well they're doing their media. This guy's a caddy. We got Jerry Lou, the caddy. This guy's all about jokes, and he says what he wants, and he's all out there, like, be yourself. Don't just say what everyone wants you to say. Like, this fits right in.
0: I really... I appreciate that, and I really hope that any of our fandom will uh, stick in the trenches to see out this interview. But to be fair, I've heard interviews of... (laughs) Kip Henley's big enough I've heard him being interviewed on podcasts before. Like, he's... I I, I hate to, like, anoint a jock with, like, a celebrity halo, or so to speak, or whatever, because it's, like, the most working-class thing, so to speak. But Kip Henley is probably our poster child for you know your you know your tour experience or your tour opinion or whatever and as much as i'd love to talk his ear off or i'd love to buy him a beer or i'd love to be in the same room with him if we were to get him on the podcast which is happening soon i will seed inside all my verbal disposition to just letting the man talk because i've heard him talk i i think uh i forget who the podcast was specifically with. And what I don't think it was no laying up. It was, uh, I think it was with, well, it doesn't matter. But he was busy driving to Home Depot to get like deck furniture for, for him and the wife. And because he was still talking to them on the podcast, like through the phone, she kept calling, asking about the deck furniture. And he's like, I gotta go, I gotta go, because the warden is, you know, she's asking about the furniture and I gotta get, you guys, I gotta get. And so, I mean, he's just an everyman that's that's the best thing he has and i'm not going to say this i'm going to say this in terms of how most people skew in terms of america but he has some terrible terrible political views that's not me talking i am a i find myself highly conservative more so than anything else but not entirely like there's there's a lot of blending ground in terms of like you know give and take on humanity so to speak and without labeling him as such Kip Henley is and I think a lot of Americans would appreciate this and if they don't we'll get over it Kip Henley is what we call in America a good old boy and I, and, and, and I, I will say that to him in the podcast that will be like the one thing I will say him that, that will be the one like if I want to be controversial or whatever I'll throw a barb at him or whatever you know what maybe I'll ask him just to see like hey people from your neck of the woods of your ilk or whatever being called a good old boy how does that feel because I when I lived in Maryland United States that was very far north in terms of the quote unquote southern atmosphere where they didn't like being dubbed southern yet they acted freaking southern so much but they just that yeah, that's another no we can do a history podcast another time Zach as well as may what well we should
2: all right <laughs> yes well tune in next week then you'll then get, you'll get the, the great interview. interview.
0: Fair fair. So we have Kip Henley coming up on the podcast, but also, you gave me another great nugget. Alan Shipnut
2: is coming on this podcast too. What? Yeah, what the we hell? expect him to come on. He's, He's on, on vacation, vacation, living the good life, but I think we're going to have him on pretty soon. This we're making is, it. We're making
1: it. We
0: whether we are like you know what? What I like. What I like to think of is we're not trying to become the next power plants or the next like new type of electricity out there, what we need to do is build substations, and that's relays for electricity, and that's exactly what From the Back Tees is, is we just take good golf information and regurgitate it back to you. Sometimes it's opinionated.
1: Basically always opinionated.
2: I
0: was (laughs) going (laughs) to say, it's just like, well, it's always opinionated. The reason why we're making this podcast is because people didn't fit in our vein, and there's a lot of people in our vein who won't speak up. And that's why we're doing it. That's why I hate bar stool. That's why I took the cap to no laying up. But at the same time, there has to be something in between. And that being said, I want to give a shout-out to, uh, we're part of um, Big Head's podcast network. It's no longer known as, I mean...
1: Michigan Sports and Entertainment. Right, right. Name right. change. So...
2: Oh, quick drink of the Jack and Coke. That was what the pause was for. <laughs> for those at home who can't
1: see.
0: To be fair, we um, uh, we do our best to uh, know our banter and know our uh, proclivities back and forth. And that being said, Zach and I have never well beyond skype or a facetime or whatever have never really talked in person before so this is all we have to work off of in terms of uh talk show co-host personalities so i'm sitting over here like chugging down a jack and coke and i'm like pointing at him just like oh yeah rewind the news go ahead rewind the weather hell yeah go ahead he's like no it's way funnier if i talk about
1: it people love a good jack and coke story (laughs)
0: Look, I uh, I have a problem. It's on the record and uh, or not on the record, but either way, Big Heads Podcast Network. We are really, really if we're, so long as we're still the golf podcast for them, we will still maintain being uh, from the back tees driving that ball the farthest. And also, I want to give a quick shout out to the uh, Dingers Pod. Those uh, those crazy cats from uh, well it has to be Toronto because they were bragging about the uh, GTA which as I said is not Grand Theft Auto it's the Greater Toronto area so yeah, God bless them but um uh, Ty Childs or Childs or sorry Ty Chat Tyler Tyler and Matt Smitty I, I was uh, pleased enough
2: to they had
0: a podcast recently where they had the top ten fantasy team names all time and I just—I remember when I was chatting for them a couple months ago, I just threw one out there and they loved it, and I had no idea when they made a podcast that they made my team name the number one fancy team name they heard all the time. And I asked I you what it was,
1: and you, and you told, told me I, I had to wait, so this is the, the moment, moment I, get I get to hear, hear it.
0: it. Now, to anybody who's listened before, if we happen to vamp uh, drunkenly or on my behalf earlier, I apologize, but uh, I've always maintained that when you draft a fantasy team... You have to make your fantasy team name be based off of the first or second oh, round pick that you picked. Those are the, the worst,
1: worst kind of people. people.
0: No, like, no, somewhere no, over no,
2: the Dwayne Bowe. Somewhere somewhere Bowe. Somewhere that was
0: you. Right. It's the most. No, 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 no. That is the most appropriate kind of people, sir. No, <laughs> are
1: you yeah, the guy no. who picked Dwayne Bowe every year <laughs> in football just to have your name somewhere no. over
0: the Dwayne Bowe? Oh, see now, that's I see what you're saying. What we we're supposed to do is draft your team, regardless of fantasy sport, for success, and then you take what your roster is and make your team name out of it, and therein lies the true genius and difficulty. And one year, I don't need to say the year because it was a long time ago, and he hasn't—he's been highly irrelevant. But it was when it was written down, you had to read it and say it out loud but essentially i drafted troy tulowitzki in the first round and my team name was tulowitzki And wall. i'm
1: not going
0: to repeat the rest of the lyrics <laughs> <laughs> that is good i give you that that only applies to so many people who listen to a certain type of music of a certain age but
1: i hope that, that was when, when he was, was on the rockies r- not, the not the first year he went, he went to, to toronto. toronto it actually was the last year or two he was on the Rockies. Okay, so he crushed, he mashed.
0: That being said, I really appreciate Ty at Dinger's Pod, and he's at Tourney Boss uh, on Twitter. Uh, Those guys are wonderful. They're Canadian, which I'm learning that, as I already knew growing up, that all my favorite smart and funny people in this world are from Canada. It's true. And then I met, and then I met Zach Pencer, and here I am on this podcast.
2: So true. We, we
1: are don't pretty good. To
0: describe it any further, but They have a great podcast called uh, Dingers on Sports Travel Radio Network or whatever. That's the uh, subscription or whatever. But that being said, uh, I love baseball. I love fantasy baseball. There's a zillion podcast out there to pick. And I'm sorry, Big Heads Podcast Network, but Dinger's Pod is the only baseball podcast I listen Mm -hmm. to. And that was it in terms of the housekeeping for me, Zach.
2: Anything else you want to talk about before we talk about uh, the U.S. Open at all? No, I say we go right into it. So uh, the U.S. US Open Open happened this week at Pebble, as everyone knows, and we almost had a back-to-back-to-back champion,
1: but good old Gary Woodland held them all. Good.
0: What do you what What do you mean by good old Gary? Good Wooden? old Gary Wooden. I don't
1: know. I feel like I feel like <laughs> when you win the U.S. Open, US you just go by good old, old like good old Tiger Woods.
0: Well, well, careful. I we could say the same thing about good old Jim Furyk because whatever year, and I know everyone's punching their dashboard and me saying this, whatever. He won the U.S. Open between 04 and 07 and I'm a U.S. Open expert, and I'm miffing on this, but that's because a lot of great. <laughs> I can name a lot of great one time US Open champions. I'm going somewhere with this, Gary, if you're listening. Good I'm old. John but there's but of all the other one time Masters champions or one time PGA champions or one time British Open champions, I feel like they're more forgettable or run of the mill or maybe a lack of a better story or whatever. But like if you win a US Open, like that's that's why I was putting so much emphasis on it's like that's the one tournament you win. That's why Hale Irwin hasn't won Dick, but he's won three of those. I mean, just one of those. The U.S. Open means so much different. Did you hear? Did you hear how what Gary Woodland did with the cup in terms of drinking?
1: That he chugged out of it? it.
0: Well, right, but now, as we all know, when you have the Cleric jug or the Heisman Trophy, you know you pour stuff in it, you drink out of it. God forbid, there's a you need a ton of penicillin to go with it. But the U.S. Open trophy, we always know, is a cup. With a top to it, like 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 a like a tea kettle or whatever. I've never seen it separated in pieces until, and I don't know where you folks can find it, on YouTube or whatever. But sometime when it might have been when Hogan or Nelson won the U.S. Open, but Sam Sneed took second, and they were sitting there by behind the winners' table joking about it, and Sam grabbed it. And, like, they were, like, wrestling with it, but they were jumping in and joking for a second. And as Sam was joking hugging with it, I saw the top kind of cave in for a second. I'm like, oh, it's like a tea kettle. Oh, it's like a little, like, silver teapot. Okay, great. So I guess evidently Gary Woodland heard you can drink out of it. And much like on Zoolander where um, Ben Affleck and Owen Wilson were trying to find the files in the computer, they didn't realize where the top was. And it was on record that those two maniacs tipped the cup upside down onto its base and drank out of the base and then, once somebody told them on the internet or whatever, drank out of the proper part of the cup I think Jordan Spieth was the one who told him this is how you open the top, and then drank out of the top too That that's hilarious, because I've never heard of any pro, I've heard of pros breaking the US Open Trophy more than drinking out of it now, I've heard drinking out of the Claret jug before, but not drinking out of the
2: U.S. Open trophy before. I mean, Zach, have you heard anything about this? No, I haven't heard anything about it. That's that's, that's great, great, though. Respect it. You,
0: what's your best Heisman story in terms of, like, wh- wh- where was the best place the cup went, or who put their, like, butt in the cup most?
2: I mean, what do you got oh. in terms of best, like, trophies to drink out of stories? The greatest the trophy to drink Heisman? out of...
1: The, the, greatest greatest trin- the, greatest trin- the greatest trophy to drink... The greatest trophy to drink out of is... is Unanimously. If anyone argues of this, they are wrong. It is not an opinion. It is the Stanley Cup, fact. Oh, oh God, oh God!
0: I'm sorry. That's why I was hitting their dash. I keep saying Heisman, Stanley Cup, Stanley Cup, Stanley Cup has been the words I've been trying to use the whole time. I keep saying oh. Heisman. Yeah, I was no, thinking no, the heisman's, heisman's a bit heisman's odd to drink out of. You've been, yeah, you can get he, much.
1: You know, what, he doesn't have a, he doesn't even have the pose to
0: hold the Dixie cup worth of uh, drinking. <laughs> I am so sorry, folks. The Stanley Cup. Okay, let's rewind. Yeah, that's why I was so happy to see, like, yeah, people drink out of the Claret jug, people drink out of the US Open trophy with the top off, but the Stanley Cup, the Stanley Cup, I am so sorry. This is the greatest thing.
1: We just thing. lost, like, a good
0: two minutes of pod right there. I am so sorry about this. Oh, it's saying great. You're going to get people, people tweeting at you though. It's my favorite yeah, part. No,
1: nobody, You
0: know what? Nobody follows me from this. Nobody follows me from this. If I mention Tucker Dale Booth at Tucker Dale Booth, and then they follow him, then he follows me, that guy's a social media guru. Woo.
1: Yeah, dude, that guy crushes it. But yeah, yeah the, the Stanley, Stanley Cup, Cup is where it's at. Everyone needs to follow them.
2: Those guys so are what is, insane.
0: Excuse me, let me rewind. What is the craziest drinking out of the Stanley Cup story you've ever
1: heard of? Zach, Pence, or go. I, they're always absolutely. absolutely. Last year, the win Washington Capitals won. Well, I guess now it's two years. Those guys all got hammered every single day.
0: Well, that I think that was a big deal, part and parcel. Not to cut you off, but I mean, I think it's something us as Americans and Canadians can't speak to or whatever. But the Capitals were long due, and Ovechkin. whoo, that guy was long due too, and yeah. he made sure and sh-
1: he enjoyed himself.
0: Woo. He, and you know what, I actually, oh my god, when I was an assistant golf pro on, out on the east coast in Maryland, I was a Nicholas Backstrom fan, I had a Backstrom jersey for the Capitals, love that guy, He's, love that the,
1: guy. he's, <laughs> he's the, the one who might be the better, better of the two, I've, I've been vouching that.
0: that. Oh yeah, okay, we'll, we'll talk about off the air that, oh hell yeah, we'll talk about that, because I've always been, back in the Capitals like 13 years ago, it was Ovechkin and Backstrom, and I was a Backstrom guy.
1: So, Astrom seems to be the one getting all the assists, no matter who he is. He's the John
0: look. Stockton of the. Uh, exactly. Know, okay, like I said, different. Yeah.
2: Different okay, we'll go back like to Gary, Gary Woodland now.
0: Yeah. So, Gary Woodland, Um. Uh, yeah. He, I'm so happy he won the U.S. Open. But all that being said, it's so weird because he joins a certain echelon of players where it's like, yeah, Dustin Johnson, Jim Furyk, there's so many, and I'm, I'm mentioning names, not no names, that have won the U.S. Open. Poor Gary Woodland. He's been trending up. This is the exact reason why I picked Adam Scott to win the U.S. Open is because this guy is in his late... Adam Scott is in his late 30s, and he's done nothing but getting better than the majors, so why not? Well, Gary Woodland is just a few years younger than Adam Scott and doing the exact same effing thing. I kind of feel... I don't, know, I don't know how to call it. I feel kind of dumb for not thinking or expecting Gary Woodland. Oh, I disagree though, on that. I think this no, no, was this the last
2: tournament he
1: wins.
0: What? I would think of all the tournaments that fit
2: Adam Scott's game, uh,
1: Gary Woodland's game, Pebble Beach might be the last course that you would think he would win at. I even heard some interviews doing he even said that. He's like, yeah, going into it, this course does not fit my game. It's all about accuracy. He's and never- guess
0: what happened, though? I mean, what do what we... What are, you, what are we talking
1: about here? What? what what's... What? Well,
2: Gary, Gary Woodland is not known for, for being an accurate player, and somehow he tore up the Okay,
0: torch. What is Gary Woodland known for? I don't know. I didn't look at her. Bombing I don't have any stats. I'm it? sorry. I, I'm having some indigestion, so I can't talk and breathe at the same time. <clears throat> um, okay, yeah. We know he's good for bombing it. What, what, do we have... I can, I can break down his swing. I can break down his muscular pattern right now because that's the things I can do. I'm not a stat guy. I don't know the right websites to look up or the right things to follow in terms of stroke gained or whatever, and I'm not asking you to do it right now. But I'm asking, what, what Gary Woodland hasn't done dick different to his game in eight years. That's what I'm wondering about. And you know what? Neither is Dustin freaking Johnson. And who cares if he doesn't win majors? Dustin Johnson is top five earnings all time.
2: Yeah, but Woodland's definitely known... You would, We went into the week thinking the rough was going to be a lot worse, and it was all about hitting fairways, which Woodland is in the bottom 25% on tour in fairways hit, but it's sort of in the same way. You're going to get guys who bomb. Most of them will do poorly, but if you have that week where you're driving it down the fairway, you are at such a big advantage if you're getting
1: it there 40 yards
2: ahead.
0: Of course. Well, of course. And I hate to hearken back to this because I did see some distinct differences in the course, finally at Pebble or whatever. But when Tiger won in two thousand, he wasn't terribly accurate. But when he was inaccurate, his strength wore out with some good breaks, as we talked about in the last podcast. I mean, I don't. And I don't it's know, Tiger, Tiger,
1: though. It's
2: it, like DJ, DJ Rory. They can make up for it
1: because they're DJ and Rory. Gary Woodland's not at that level.
0: Look, look, okay. Here's the whole. Okay. This is the tough thing about Tiger. I'm not saying Tiger wouldn't be Tiger when he was in 2000, 2001. Bear with me, everybody. But let's just take DJ now. Gary Woodland now. Rory McIlroy five years ago. Jordan Spieth three years ago. And let's all put them in the 2000 US Open. Let's take Tiger Woods out of it. Just to hypothetically, God, I wish we had simulations to figure out how that would go. Really? It, but that's that's the great thing about Tiger and the mystique of the Open as we Can Tiger was there in two thousand, and he was the one where he started first round six under, and second place was five under, and he went six more under par, and everyone else fell eight strokes back to par. It, it, when Martin Keimer did that, I kind of thought it was something special, but he didn't follow anything up with yeah, that because I yeah. dub- I dubbed him the terminator where it's like oh my god if anyone could do this then you're this good you were like tiger but he didn't so do classic it classic jerry <laughs> Lou jinks
2: classic
0: no that was that was yeah a, t- tales all this time tiger is tiger nobody can nobody can t- tunnel into that mental vortex that he that he <sighs> I don't know. It's what I apply to my golf game right now, where it's just like, ever since I had it for those wall brothers in the four ball, and they said, fuck practice. We don't have time for practice. I've done the same thing. And guess what? My game's been better if not the same. Because I just look at it like, hey, guess what we got time for? Playing. And what do you do when you play? Beat people. Fuck yeah. That's it. That's all I've done on the course. And golf has been so enjoyable. Within reason. I talk shit. I like to have fun with my friends. But at the same time, it's like, wait, you don't go and shoot horses with your friends and lose just to be like, well, I got some cardiovascular exercise. It's like, no. You go play with your friends and you know what? You should win.
1: It's true. It's all all about about winning. winning.
0: It's... I I don't want to say, like, it's not about the haves and have-nots. It's not about the lesser and the fewer or the bigger and the better. It's not about who has the ability and the dexterity and who doesn't, because some of us do or don't. But that being said, I really learned from watching good golf. Just it, it it's the Brooks Kepka thing. Anytime I see somebody slow in front of me, I just think to myself, play better. As some of you people might have seen my tweets at jerryluluper one on Twitter. You 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 might have seen I've been bitching constantly about like, look, I'm not a good golfer, but God damn it, play faster play better something they're just kind of like oh some people struggle struggle less take a lesson do push-ups something i don't know zach what do you think i mean look i don't mean to harp on you because i know i know you're a decent golfer and you do what you can Eh. but i mean i'm not trying to i wouldn't try to be such an asshole if i didn't think whether i would beat you by 20 strokes or not you would we would st- we would still go around the course in the same amount of time, right?
2: Oh, I would beat you for sure. I'm a very fast player. I just go.
1: I would win that. If there was a golf tournament where it's just first one to get done wins, I might
2: win.
0: I think that's cuz Canada only has so many hours of daylight. That's
1: <laughs> so right.
2: Hours, you know you guys you know you have to beat it. <laughs> <laughs> we just have to get it done. Oh
1: Jesus. So
0: so, what 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 did you... I gotta ask you, though. What did you like from the Open the most? I mean, what so, was your favorite thing? Uh, I would say, originally I was actually rooting for Kepka to win,
2: to
1: go for the 3 But then, after Woodland won, I was sort of very happy for him. It's nice seeing the guy win for the first time. It's so much more life-changing for them. Like, Kepka obviously, it would be great for his legacy. You know, the win, who knows how many a win. But to see someone win for the first time, it's so much more, like, important to them. And for some reason... After the U.S. Open, it always seems to be the best, best like, uh, Mother's Day, or Father's Day ending. Like, every single well, time.
0: Well, with the exception of uh, Phil Mickelson in 1999,
1: but go on. Like, he had the greatest story. I don't know for people who knew, he, I think his wife, a couple years back, had, like, uh they, she was pregnant with twins. Uh, she lost one of them. One was born, like, prematurely. And then yeah, now man. his wife and son are home, and she's expecting identical twin daughters right when he goes on to win. It's like, it seems to always happen this way. And he came out with that girl Amy that happened like a couple weeks ago, or a couple months That's ago right. that he's yeah. coming up. Like, he <laughs> seems like a great guy. I don't know. Maybe he's not, but as far as I get out, he seems like an awesome guy. I would
0: say in terms of a guy who we still can't tell what his personality is... Or where he stands or whatever. Everything he's done so far has been picture perfect. Yeah. I mean, let's just pretend Gary Woodland and Ricky Fowler have traded places in their lives. The same thing would be happening right now. I'm not besmirching anything. Uh, Gary Woodland, for all the things we can assume about him, I can't get on board with. Because I saw right away that FaceTime he had with, uh, I forget yeah, Amy's Amy. The Amy
1: Broker. Yeah.
0: I, it's. I. I don't want to. I don't want to. I'm not gonna. Not that I don't want to promote her uh, website or her account. I don't know um, the exact exact enunciation of her name. But yeah, we won't it's, that, it. it's that very nice girl with um, Down syndrome that he um, befriended and played with on the uh, 17th hole at the Waste Management Open at uh, in Phoenix, and he gave her a Facetime while after winning. And, you know what didn't sink in really with me was I saw the FaceTime video, and it was cool. I watched it, and it was enjoyable. Her and her mom, just, it was beautiful. Every single thing I see about Amy, I learn a little bit more, and that's wonderful to see things growing about the game. But then, the thing that got me, really, and not to say, and a lot of people could take this in, like, a pompous aspect, or, like, view or whatever, but I actually, the next day, saw, and you know, even though I'd I wouldn't have done this, or I wouldn't have promoted it, but I saw it, and I liked it. People were taking videos of Gary with his hands on the trophy doing the FaceTime to Amy, which is fine, because it was wonderful. We all saw the FaceTime video, but there's so many people sitting here going, like, I'm the one videotaping him FaceTiming Amy. They weren't saying that, but it was nice seeing the screen footage, as we saw, and then to see kind of what the t- context was, because you don't know if he's sitting in a tent with like fifteen corporate sponsors around him or whatever, or if it's just him walking to his car. And he's like, "Oh wait, I forgot. I gotta, I gotta, Facetime this girl real quick or whatever." And when I saw the video, and it was it was exactly like 24 hours later, it was with him, with his arms draped around the U.S. Open trophy, which still doesn't have a freaking name. That cup, just just sitting there, saying like,
2: "Hey, I couldn't have done it without you." It doesn't get any better than that, does it, Zach? I mean... No, it was awesome, yeah. I saw that video also, like, from the third-person view.
0: It's... and, And, you know what, that's something I can really attribute to... I know how the 21st century and technology and media exposure really beats people up in terms of overexposure. This is one where media worked itself out in terms of all the dominoes fell in the proper way. And yeah. I really enjoyed that. I mean, it was it, it, it was one of those things where if it didn't happen, we wouldn't have thought about it. But I mean, if it didn't, and we were smart enough, I'd be like, "Oh wait, why didn't that happen?" Because I mean, he played one hell of a
1: round. round. It wasn't, it wasn't like, like they, they gave it to him. Brooks even said something; he was, was never, never going to catch him.
2: him.
0: Now, and by the way, I just wanted to mention before we move on from the U.S. Open, I was only in our our pool, and I uh, I did my girlfriend's pool at her office. And uh, that was, well, since they gave us first pick, I picked Brooks. I mean, how? Uh, I'll, I'll just sum it up in short. I picked four people to win the U.S. Open, and my worst pick was Rory at Tide for Ninth. <laughs> Without making a winner, <laughs> this might have been my best major. That's in our style. style. That's, That's what we do. No, no, my style is I pick Matt Kuchar, and then he just like gets diarrhea and
1: withdraws. That's that. my
0: style.
2: <laughs> but we don't, <laughs> don't pick winners.
1: We got, got bad.
0: Well, clearly you we won't pick players, <laughs> but I just, I picked four people, and they didn't win, but they took second through
1: ninth. Incredible. I mean, no,
0: it's, uh, well, between Ron Mintz and Alan Shipnook and all our, am I pronouncing that right? Yeah. So, I, he, you know what? I've heard he's controversial, too. I heard some people don't like Alan much.
1: Probably. If they, they talk to us, they're probably controversial. controversial. Who are we kidding oh well i I appreciate making us sound big I like that <laughs> we already get we get enough people who are mad at us so yeah. evidently
0: and speaking of people who are mad at us I mean we just dropped a big piece
1: on the website right I mean what uh oh, yeah what's it's going true we, we could get into that, that. so we, we dropped, dropped our big guy. uh Tucker, Tucker scent. I give him credit. He spent a good two months working on this piece on Peter Kessler. It started off as we were just a pretty small website. We found a guy who was big in the Golf Channel. He was willing to talk to us, so we'll take it. Found out all of it was <laughs> nonsense. Turned it from a promotional piece, not a promotional piece, but just talking about his life to basically talking about the ups and downs of his life, which still wasn't going to be trashing him. But then we got some threatening Twitter messages. It all became great, so you really have to go read it. It's on my Twitter, basically everyone's Twitter on the website. But uh, Ladies
0: and gentlemen, if you know who Peter Kessler is, I've actually dropped this name to a few people before. Like I've caddied Zach for a lot of people, and we've gotten some new fans lately. Shout out to all you new listeners at From the Back Tees. We're doing our best, because I, I carry that towel in my hip all day, and I people are like, oh, what website do you podcast for? I'm like, boom, that one right here. But I still maintain, and this is the exact, in case you're a late listener, this is the exact analogy I use. <clears throat> so me and Zach and Tucker are renting a nice cabin, and we're all hanging out and having a good time, and all of a sudden... The door. I'm in the kitchen, and the door bursts open, and here comes Tucker and Zach with a big beehive, saying like, "Hey, guess what? We got honey." I'm just kind of like, "Hey, that's great." Then I pull Zach aside and say, "Zach, why why, why did we bring the beehive in here?" He's like, "Cause we want because we got honey." I'm like, "Yeah, who wanted honey? I don't know." Now we got a beehive in the house. That was Peter Kessler, and
2: the,
0: the second thing I have to say that is every single beehive, I mean, I'm sorry, every single house has had the beehive Kessler in it. So, it's not that we made any mistakes. This is just how you, I I hate to say it, and I love, I love what Tucker did. It's beautiful. It's all accurate. It's all perfect. It's all succinct. Even the Matt Wayland stuff, and the Hirschman, I just all... 7,500 words. It's all so perfect. The trouble is, I feel like in the end the only thing that makes me feel like we're wasting any energy on it is that we're profiling a man who we really should help him get his medication because he has multiple personalities that's all that's that's the only reason why when everybody on the staff has been pumped up about this so far I've been like denouncing it going like okay he's a celebrity but this guy needs to be in a hospital I mean this sincerely I don't care if he gets us less hits let's get this guy help that's (laughs)
2: true he definitely and does. We can't
0: be the we can't be the first people saying Peter Kessler needs help. That's like fact on
1: fact on fact, so... But at the same time, none of us know him personally, so... Obviously, I'm sure all of us, if we did know him personally, would be the first to say that, but not much we could do through the Twitter world.
0: I tell you what, you want to talk about a uh, fun uh, question to ask somebody, and just off the cuff or whatever, let's ask Kip Henling if he knows anything about PK. huh? Yeah, I'm sure he does,
1: because uh, that's how he reached out to us.
0: Well, let's just—I mean, let's just keep that in the chamber. I mean, we're gonna you know, have that for sure. we have. How many listeners? I don't listen. I do see the numbers. How many listeners do we have in this show?
1: We have like a good couple hundred now. I was gonna guess a couple hundred. That's great, because You need to just get the people, people you're golfing, golfing for. Just, just click the subscribe button.
2: button.
0: Cool. You know what? I hate to say it. I don't want to annoy people we that's that's what that's what gets me about other podcasts they're annoying i i really just hope we hit a certain vein that we don't annoy people that's but i know at, at the same time if anybody's like me who's trying to make this or this to this or whatever it's it's hard to perfect every nuance or every outlet and it's just god i don't know well if you, you do, do like it subscribe, subscribe. If, if not them, don't subscribe absolutely.
1: and then it send us hate mail away.
0: So, do you have a Canadian Fun Fact of the Week? Do we have Twitter questions? I I don't have a Canadian Fun Fact of the Week yet, so... uh,
1: Um, Go on, and I will find you a Canadian Fun Fact. I'm running out of fun facts for my website.
0: Well, I tell you this much. Um, I really... I really embraced something when I was in the four-ball caddying for the Wall Brothers. These kids were so good at golf. And I probably... I don't know if I said this much in a certain podcast earlier or whatever, but I've really embraced this new thing where, with the exception of playing in my men's league every Thursday night at my club, I only play in one or two scramble tournaments or like charity tournaments a a month, just at whatever course in the county. I don't have time to practice, and y'all can send me all the Allen Iverson like practice like memes and gifs and germs all you want to. I've really embraced that, like, if you if you really care about golf and you know how to hit the ball, you don't need to practice. It's, it's, God, how do I say it? It's a simple matter of, like, pretend you're a baseball player and you know how to hit a home run. Well, you might not be able to physically able to step up to the plate and hit one, but at the same time, it's like, yo, but yeah, but you still know how to. Golf has that nuance where, well, the ball's not moving. The ball's not moving. I've adopted, in the past, like, 12 months, a new stance, literally, where I always thought... i got I'm, I'm almost... I'm turned 35 at the end of this year, so I've been playing golf for 30 years. I always thought your stance should be shoulder width and your feet perfectly square to the target, or just perfectly square to your shoulders. No! You, no! No, 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 no. I have, like, as everyone should, get more comfortable posture keep playing keep your hands forward and keep your hands proper but at the same time like my feet have like gone in several inches and i splay my feet out a little bit kind of like i'm like somebody standing at the sidewalk waiting for the, the intersection to change that's exactly what it is and then i just position the ball properly shuffle a little bit take a deep breath and next thing i'm like oh guess what I'm not in golf stance. I'm in a normal stance, and I need to relax. Otherwise, if I swing too hard, I'm going to run out of my shorts here. And if you just act relaxed, you won't overexert yourself. I mean, it's just, it's so, less is more with golf, obviously. That's why I always tell people, uh, follow um, uh, David Pugh on Twitter, or just YouTube Ernie L's Golf Swing. I don't know how that man ever generated ball speed with shitty equipment like we know back in the day and that guy has the the more I see golf and the more I see golf technology evolve Ernie Els had the best swing. It's it's, it's 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 Sam Snead might have had the first before that because with shitty equipment no Ernie Els cuz <laughs> Zach, isn't it easier to swing half easy? As we all do, but we don't. What do you say? It's true.
2: Bryson Deschambeau swing. That's the swing.
1: I'm vouching wh- for it.
0: But why don't we do it?
1: Why don't we do it? We should. Why? No one At listens to Gary me.
0: Jerry Lou Looper1 on Twitter. Why don't we do it? Why don't we do the easier thing? Why don't we make it eight parts instead of nine parts? Why is golf so humanly, so artistically, so individually fucked?
1: People people are difficult. They want everything to be more difficult than it has to be.
0: Indeed. No, I mean, I was saying all that in that, a certain tone to elicit that. I mean, that's the way it is.
1: Exactly. It's,
0: that's why I, I always, like, golf is a sport, and we do sweat when we do it. But that being said, I often apply an artiste brush to golf because... Well, two words. Bubba Watson, right there. The way he makes his grip, the way he makes his shot choices. It's anyone can do that, and you know what, if that suits you, that's the way it goes. Yeah. Nobody's telling you how to put the oil on the canvas. So put it on.
1: Do it however you want, you just have to get the ball in the hole. That's what she said.
0: So <laughs> So off the top of your head. Okay, I got a Canadian fun fact for you, but you probably already know it, but I mean...
1: That's the Earth. Earth.
0: Happy Gilmore was filmed in Canada.
1: I actually didn't know that. Where in Canada was it filmed?
0: Oh, Christ. Uh, well, I gotta go dig up the old DVD and listen to the Okay, we'll know Terry, next but, time. You know, <laughs> Happy Gilmore was filmed in Canada, and that was... The only reason why they said that was because... Um, Adam Sandler said, "When we, were, when we were off camera, we used to a chip for cigars." <laughs> was just, that was about Adam Sandler. Right? <laughs> I got, I got my Canadian fun
1: fact of the week. I had actually found a Canadian fun fact that I was going to use, but I'm not, and I'm going to use the one that I just thought of. Do you know what happened tonight? There was a big thing in sports tonight.
0: It is. The, wait, wait. I'm going to guess. It is the only night where no professional sports games were played.
1: Wrong. It was the NBA draft. There were baseball games.
0: Oh, fuck! This is the draft! That's easy! You're like, I'd never in the,
1: it. Ooh. In the NBA draft, not one, not two, not three, but four Canadians were picked in the first round. Go on.
0: Tell me more.
1: That's basically all I got. Uh, that's what, what are all.
0: You, you're looking at a website
1: or something. No, was that wasn't from it. a website. That was just off. I saw it on Twitter that four oh, Canadians oh, oh, oh. were picked. Okay.
0: Well, fair enough. I I locked myself in into room to uh, the, uh, the, uh, the pot of silence, as I call it, in here. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, so Canadians are on the up and up in basketball.
0: And Canadians should be on the up and up because they are the. Better versions of Americans, but with worse weather. So, it's all up to you guys to move down here, or all up to us to move up there and stop bitching.
1: It's true. That move that. that.
0: That is, that is through and through. So, Zach, this might be our first short show ever, but uh, anything else you want to talk about? I mean, I got a... Uh, I can... God, I, I have notes on the four ball, but I mean, as much as I want to talk about it, or the solstice, I mean, do I... Do we have a second to talk about, like, they, I, I learned a new amount of golf you can play in a day? Oh, yes. Tell,
1: Tell us. The new... Or, or you could, could save it for when you talk t- to, to Kip, because he could probably, probably relate to you.
0: No, I sincerely don't think Kip could or would want to relate to this, but um, re- most recently, and I'm not going to give bore anyone with any bullcraft stories or whatever, but Last week, what is today? Today's uh, Thursday. or uh, Thursday, Thursday Some for time. you, Friday, Friday for me. Thursday for me, Friday for Zach. Sometime in June, in the 21st century, unless our overlords allegedly and they, and they allegedly and they find this tape recording, um, the abandoned solstice, which ironically wasn't the literal summer summer solstice, which is happening in a couple days, happened on Tuesday. And in terms of Ben and Dunes, the summer solstice, or the, sport, the solstice as they call it, is often, I mean, to me, that's got to be our Super Bowl. I mean, in all reality, we've had a couple events come through. We've the Curtis Cup. We've had a couple publings come through. I mean, uh, four balls, four balls. I mean, there's things that come through randomly, nothing without regularity. But the solstice, it's much like shout out to my friend John Ashworth and I'll give him a text soon because I know he doesn't listen to this podcast but he's a good friend of mine, I haven't talked to him in forever uh, from Ashworth Clothing and Link Soul or whatever. he is the proprietor of Goat Hill Park in Oceanside California, the solstice is the day of the year where they do the 100 holes of golf, where they just have a marathon of golf where Bill Murray, Mark Wahlberg, Adam Scott, the golfer, not the actor, there's all sorts of people just show up. It's just like the who's who of like the southern, uh, northern San Diego County shit show, whatever. That being said, at Bannon Dunes, the the solstice I've been told has been, the whole point is, it's the most hours. It's the most hours that the sun is up so you can play golf. When I grew up here, it's kind of funny. I didn't really think about this too much. Zach, the solstice was paintball day.
2: Okay. That's, when,
0: that's when, oh my god, we can go paintball out in the forest in the jungle or whatever until like 9 or 10 o'clock at night because the sun was still up, so you could still, like, you know, we didn't think golf or whatever. We just thought, like, hey, this is activity, like hunting day or whatever, but hunting people or whatever. So, I... I'm not to bury the lead, but the solstice for abandon happened on Tuesday. <sighs> the week prior. The week prior. I was assigned a five day job, and these uh, uh, turd wipes came in an hour late on Monday of last week. So they teed off at like 5 p.m. and got 18 holes in, and then proceeded to Tuesday through Friday unless you follow my Twitter account and don't see my commiserating, played 54 holes on Tuesday, 54 holes on Wednesday, 54 holes on Thursday, and 54 holes on... What's after? that? Just Tuesday through Friday, (laughs) 54 holes, 216 holes. Way too many. The most golf I've ever played in one day, I played my ass off, and my friend Spanky, Paul Cecil whether you listen to this or not you're gonna listen to it Paul Cecil spanky your ass We could have played 54 holes, but he quit after 45 little dick that being said I played four rounds of uh, caddy four rounds of 54 holes with these guys and halfway through the job I found out that they're like hey Jerry you're working the Solstice guess what? you're working
1: 72 holes in one day That's too many holes
2: It doesn't... Oh my god, Zach. I can only deal with three
1: holes at a time. Here's the equivalent. He doesn't get it, for those listening.
0: This is the equivalent, (laughs) and it breaks my heart to pieces. No. I'm sorry. I'm I'm with you, dog. The, The equivalent is like, you've never run a 5K in your life. And you're about to run a 5K, and right in the middle of running a 5K, somebody tells you tomorrow... You got to run a 10k, so I hate to say it, that 5k. There's, I, I like to think there's satisfaction in everything we do for a living. There really True. is, truly there really is. There's everything worth your caloric burn, your effort, your everything to do something or make something. When I got that job assignment in the middle of the 54 four hole four, four day stretch. It it crushed my tiny little soul to pieces. <laughs> and I, I don't know what to say. So that's sorry, folks. In terms of filling time, that was my week.
1: That was. And right
0: now, I'm on good. a I'm on a three day eighteen holiday job. That uh, even though it took five hours today, which was dog dick, it's, it's okay. These guys are great.
1: That is that, that was, was an all time story. story.
0: Thanks tell <laughs> if you you're patronizing me or not. That
1: <laughs> was good. You we were very passionate about it.
0: Hopefully, that's the only thing I can be passionate about about my job. I mean, I just... it's I, I only share that story because I've shared parts of that story to people, and they say, oh my god, you did what?
2: Yeah, that's I not mean, normal.
0: As people saw on my Facebook, per se... i I typed in one day i said i walked 102.3 miles this week what did you do and then somebody said oh i walked 2,879 but i have two kids so sorry lol and i was just kind of like oh my god that's a lot but then i went into the math and be like no stupid you're counting steps (laughs) and let me go back to how we're all different height and our all our steps are different or whatever why are we clinging to steps I think the metric to non-imperial to system is kind of flawed, so to speak, in terms of how we, like, have to, like, you know, butt heads on that or whatever. What's the steps-fucking-bullshit coming into play? This makes no sense to me whatsoever. And then all of a sudden, my phone says I climbed 80 floors, and then my golfer today said, oh, I climbed 120? What the hell's our phone telling us? This is bullcrap.
1: Terrible. Just terrible.
0: What's the... Yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry. That
1: was incredible. That was an incredible no, rant on the metric system.
0: No the, no, there I will never rant on the metric system. The metric system is You will rant
1: about the metric system.
0: Careful, you hooser. There's a uh, the metric system is awesome in every single regard, except I'd rather hit a three hundred yard drive instead of a two hundred and eighty meter drive. That's the That's only very true. thing that I like about it, and because I'm a golfer and I'm American, that's it.
1: That's very true.
0: So, Zach, is there anything else you want to talk about before we wrap this up? I mean, no, I think we I mean, could
1: sign off with that. We'll get this thing yeah. up ASAP. Get uh, it to the people. What we,
0: what's, what's, we got Peter Kessler interview on the website. I mean,
2: what else is coming up on the website? I mean, we got Alan Shipnuck coming we up. We got an LPJ um, preview uh, article, article coming, coming tomorrow. tomorrow. For the Ooh, major this yeah. week,
0: that's absolutely right. And
2: do you want to know who I think's gonna win? What do you want to know who I think's gonna win the LPJ event? Uh,
0: yes.
1: <laughs> I
2: don't know. <laughs> I don't know how many people are listening, but I'm gonna go with
0: someone named Lee
1: for sure. Oh no. For sure. Oh no, that's too bad. And you
0: know what? I have no pick, but I will totally support and back up any winner named Lee
1: <laughs> or a Park.
0: Hey, whoa, 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 whoa! That's the other eight. Yeah, uh,
1: exactly.
0: <laughs> listen, hey, just because we're about to become friends with Hank Haney doesn't mean you need to be Hank Haney Junior. Okay? That's, That's true.
1: true. I,
2: I do appreciate I mean, listen, his sense of humor, we, though.
0: We can stay between the lines and uh, still report things that's true alright Zach is there anything else you want to talk about? no I think that's all
1: alright well I'm Jerry Lou and there's ZP and we're out oh play the music oh it's coming it's coming it's coming